Hello and welcome to Red Couch Manx. I'm Vivek Jacob, joined by Carl Mascarenas, and today we are looking ahead to the 2021-22 season for Manchester United. We will look back on the last preseason game, a nice 4-0 win over Everton. We'll look at what the ideal starting lineup will be, what the lineup will look like for the opening match, and we'll make some predictions as well. Carl, you excited for this one? Definitely, Vivek. I can't believe the season is just a week away. Looking forward to it. I mean, big game right off the bat with Leeds United. And we've got fans in the stadium. So technically, you know, since Leeds have been promoted, we haven't had that atmosphere that you usually get with these sort of derbies. And so it's almost like the first one all over again. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I can't wait for it. Looking back quickly on this uh, preseason match United had against Everton, an amazing 4-0 win. It's been a while since uh, Pickford let that many in. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> what stood out to you, maybe from watching the highlights or whatever you saw? Well, I think number one is I bet Pickford was wishing that Maguire was playing in front of him, <laughs> as opposed to putting the ball in the back of the net against him. <laughs> That's another nice header, right? Where you're looking at Maguire and saying, okay, if that keeps going into the season, we talked about it last season, a whole lot about him getting in himself in good positions, but always seemingly finding the crowd or being well wide of the target. But now we're seeing more of those go in the back of the net or at least test the keeper. Yeah, you know what? I, I have, I have, I'm very optimistic when it comes to our set pieces for, for the new season. I do believe that we've got different weapons that can make it count. So I'm looking forward to that. Coming back to the game against Everton, I thought, Surprisingly for a friendly, we had a pretty good tempo in the game. Now, once again, I'll be honest, I watched extended highlights of this game. I didn't watch it live. But from what I've seen, is interesting with the lineup that Ole went with. He's been playing Daniel James quite a bit. So I won't be surprised if he starts the first game, if I'm being honest. Bruno, he came in and he looked well-rested. He looked galvanized again. That was punctuated by that sumptuous free kick that he had in the top corner. He put it in with pace. Pickford didn't have much of a chance. You look at some of the other play that was happening as well. Mason Greenwood looks extremely sharp. So I'm mm -hmm. expecting a lot of good things from him. I think having that break and not playing in the Euros, he is going to benefit from that significantly probably when the season gets into March when some of the other players' legs die a little bit and he's, he's going full throttle. So those were a couple of the standouts that I saw from 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 Ian. And the last one I'll mention is Donny van der Beek with his new physical appearance, looking stronger, fitter, more confident. So another area where I'm really excited to see what happens. What about you, Vivek? Yeah, same as you. Just watch the highlights. It's been a bit of a busy schedule for me. Um, so watching the highlights, you know, just excited by the attacking threat that we showed interesting new look for marshall with the shaved head yeah i didn't recognize him at first to be honest with you. i thought he was actually young <laughs> yeah so that, that was interesting to see maybe maybe he's looking at it as a fresh start we'll see <laughs> no he pun intended <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, get an opportunity now with the uh, rashford out we'll see how solskjaer lines things up Obviously, you know, you would like to see the new faces involved, but that wasn't to be. But 
it's the perfect way to get hype for the season that's coming. Obviously, a lot of expectation that comes with it. And it's time to get over the line in certain aspects and certain evaluation processes for Solskjaer. So on that note, let's get to previewing this season ahead. Carl, expectations, Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, those those are the big three. What are your expectations? So with the Premier League, I don't think we're going to win it. I'm going to be completely honest. The fact that Manchester City has strengthened. If they get Harry Kane, you might as well just write the season off. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. The one area where City is weakened is they don't have a, a man who can put it in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. And they, they play with this false striker and it's worked out well. So if Harry Kane goes to Man City, big trouble. I think my expectation would be to remain second. I do also want to keep in mind that Chelsea have signed Romelu Lukaku. This was one area where they needed to strengthen, which was a striker, somebody to score goals. They got that now. So now Timo Werner, Kai Havertz are going to look that much stronger because they have somebody they can pass it to who can hold the ball up. That's a little scary for me. So yeah, I won't be surprised if Chelsea finish second and then it's United and Liverpool battling for third and fourth. I'm with you, Carl. That Lukaku transfer is a big one that I don't think anyone saw coming over and over. We saw Inter talk about how they were adamant of keeping him. Obviously, they're the Serie A champions, and they would have been looking to build off of that. But 115 million euros, that's, that's tough to say no to. It shows how far Lukaku has come in the past couple of seasons uh, after you know where people sort of rated him after his United stint. Yeah, and I'm sure he's going to be looking for something to prove against United. So watch out for that one. No question. No question. So I think Chelsea are absolutely a major threat. The the work Tuchel has done in such a short time with that club seems to have everyone playing at their best uh, and has found, you know, the best roles for all those players. So I'm I'm right with you. If if Kane goes to City, I mean even now they are probably the favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, with or without him, but that would probably, <laughs> you would think it would seal it. Chelsea look really, really good. Liverpool, again, you know, you have to respect what they did prior to the Van Dyke injury mm-hmm. and the way they finished the season. Van Dyke back in the mix, you would expect a return to form for Salah, Firmino, and Mane. And then you got United trying to fight them. And then Leicester City. Is also there, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. You got to show appropriate respect to them as well. So, this is going to be extremely exciting, extremely competitive. But I think what I like from a growth perspective for United is if I looked at United squad from last year, if I looked at United squad from the year before that, I would have said no chance on the day that United could, could compete with what City, Chelsea, and Liverpool have right now. Mm-hmm. But on the day now, with the squad United have, with their best 11 that they have when available, I, I think we can go toe-to-toe with them. Over 38 matches, maybe, you know, that's where you see the difference. But on the day, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Vivek. We definitely have world beaters in our squad. We've got Paul Pogba, who's got a year left on his contract. You all know what happens when players have one year left on their contract. They're they're in the shop window. So they usually put their best foot forward. 
And when Paul Pogba puts his best foot forward, there's a lot that we can look forward to. And that's what's uh, going to bring me to our next uh, topic of conversation. I believe because of the best 11 that United can put out there, they are a bigger threat to win the Champions League than the Premier League. That's an interesting take. And I cannot deny that take in any way. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing was, you know, when you were asking me, Carl, what is the expectations for this season? So I was running through, you know, the Premier League. I don't think, you know, over 38 games we can do it just because of the strength of the opposition that we, we have in the league. However, my minimum expectation is that we either take home the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup. We have to win one of those competitions. And I was thinking, okay, where would I want to finish in the Champions League? So initially I was like, you know what? Quarterfinals minimum. But then mm -hmm. I, upon further review, I'm like, hey, you know what? Depending on how the draw goes, we can actually make the semifinals with the squad we have. With that starting 11 that you mentioned, Vivek, we can definitely make the semifinals. So, you know, as long as our players don't get injured, that would, my expectation, if I'm being uh, optimistic, is semifinals for the Champions League. But, you know, considering we haven't even gone that far in that competition for a long time, I think the minimum is the quarterfinals. Yeah, I think a reasonable expectation would be the quarterfinals. Obviously, you would hate to see a matchup in the round of 16 between United and, say, Bayern Munich or, you know, somehow landing maybe PSG with presumably Lionel Messi in the mix. I think that would be very, very difficult. But if the matchups work out the right way, I could definitely see United going to the semis, going making a deep run. And then obviously, you know, once you make it to that final four, anything can happen. That peak Barcelona team with Messi and Iniesta and Xavi and Busquets, like that's not there anymore. I don't think there is a clear favorite to win the Champions League going into next season. City obviously have looked very good, but they've never gotten the job done. So... I would say that if Messi goes to PSG, then that's probably a clear favorite. But apart from that, it's open. Well, another team that hasn't got the job done, especially yeah. when going up against United. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, can you imagine if... And it's looking more and more likely, if I'm being honest, like Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Sergio Ramos and Messi on the same team. Who would have ever thought that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Donnarumma in the back. Genie Vinaldum in the mix. Yeah, no, they would be extremely difficult to face. But I'm going to stand by it. I think United have a better chance of winning the Champions League than the Premier League this season. What's your expectations, Vivek, for this season? Premier League, I would say top three. I think going back to a point that you made earlier, I want to see United in the mix for the league title at least until, you know, match day 32, 33, 34, mm -hmm. around that range. If, if United are out of it before then, then then I think that would be a, a bit of a cause for concern. Yeah. Champions League, as I just said, minimum quarterfinals, unless you get a nightmare round of 16 matchup. And then with the other two competitions, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, I'm with you. You, you got to win one. Mm -hmm. You have to have a trophy to show uh, to carry that momentum forward. Solskjaer has done a very good job in bringing, I would say, 
fan attachment back to the club, bringing camaraderie and bringing youth in and bringing stability. That's the biggest thing I go back to. It feels like United are stable again. It feels like there is a method to the madness. And so that's what I want to see built off of. Shall we get into some player predictions? Yes, yeah, sounds like a fun topic to get into. I love I love discussing these ones, Vivek. <laughs> so we're going to have a bit of fun here. We are going to look at who we believe the MVP will be, who we believe will be the MIP, the most improved. And then we are going to predict Cantona callers for each position. Of course, uh, I'm sure some of you remember that award. We haven't given them out in a while, but the Cantona caller is basically for who we believe will be the best player. So to start off, Carl's 2021-22 MVP will be... Harry Maguire. Mmm, I like it. Tell us why. So Maguire, I think, you know what, he's going to take his game to another level now that he has a partner beside him who can cover some of his blind spots. I think he's only going to grow as a leader. You saw what he did when he came back into the England squad for the Euro 2020. They almost went up another gear. I also think he's going to make his size count from set pieces. He's going to score goals. I would say that I'm setting him a target of a minimum of five goals this season. Okay? So I think he can do that. He's going to he's he's off to a good start in the preseason friendly and I think more to come from that avenue. And overall I think he's going to tighten everything up at the back and probably going to be right up there in the Premier League when it comes to clean sheets. We all know how durable he is. So, and I don't want to jinx him, so Touchwood, from a minutes perspective, I, I, I think he's going to play a lot of games. The first time we ever saw him get injured since signing for United was the back end of last season where he missed the last five games. So, all those things put together tell me that Harry Maguire is going to be our player of the year. I really like that prediction, Carl. And frankly, I'm only going to say a different name just to be different. I think there's every chance it could be Maguire, especially getting the center-back pairing that would suit him very well. Mm-hmm. So to be different, I'm going to go with maybe uh, a bit of a wild card choice. But having the stability in defense, we have seen the impact that that can have on Paul Pogba. And I think he will be the MVP this season. Okay, I can I can get on board with that. We all talked about the contract situations and how that usually pans out. So, all right, I like that. And usually, Vivek, you're pretty good at your wild card predictions <laughs> going back to the most recent one with Denmark in the Euros so uh, yeah <laughs> I think with Pogba again that st- stability defending is going to allow him to be more creative uh, maybe allow us to ignore the giveaways a little bit and really see the best of him when I go back to that point of being a bigger threat in the Champions League versus the Premier League There were a lot of moments last season where United were nil-nil, United were trailing, and he was the one to pick us up. Those spectacular golazos that he would score from outside the box. You think about RB Leipzig, we were dead in the water, no chance. He comes on, all of a sudden we're alive. Little things like that. I think he will rise to the occasion, and I think this will be his first great full season at Manchester United. Looking forward to that, Vivek. So, switching gears a little bit, who do you think is going to be the most improved player this season? I am going to say that it will be Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I think he's been 
maybe dropped out of the conversation a little bit, missing the Euros. And, you know, sometimes it's like you don't see them, you forget them. But I think Juan Bissaka having that creativity on the right side now, we've we've mentioned off the top that Greenwood is looking sharp. Obviously, you've got Sancho in the mix. Not only does that make Juan Bissaka's life easier on the right side from an attacking standpoint, I think defensively as well, being next to a Rafael Varane is going to cater to his strengths as well. We saw Luke Shaw do it on one side and completely go to another level. I'm looking forward to Aaron Juan Basaka having a season where he seriously puts himself in that England right back conversation. You know what? I like that pick, Vivek. Uh, I think definitely if if Dalo stays then he's going to be pushing Aaron Wan-Bissaka and you're going to have something very similar, like you said, to last season where Tellez pushed Shaw to become the player that he is. I'm going to go in a different direction with my pick. I was debating between two names, but the player that I'm going to pick as the most improved player for next season is going to be Donny van de Beek. I like it. I really want him to do well. And I think, you know, there are players who can sulk and moan, saying like, hey, you know what? I know I'm a world-class player. I do it for my country. And then he doesn't get a look in. And then all the people back home are saying, hey, wrong decision. You shouldn't have come to Manchester United. You should leave and go somewhere else. You're too good to sit on the bench. Instead of looking at the world with the glass half empty, he looked at it glass half full, went in, put his head down, did the hard work, trained, changed his physical appearance. Coming into the new season, I think he's going to show everybody he's going to prove people wrong. And so I'm really hoping that he is our most improved player next season. Yeah, we could see something similar to Henrik Mkhitaryan, right? Where Jose Mourinho didn't want to play him because he doesn't didn't give enough defensively. And Mkhitaryan, instead of sort of saying that, oh, the coach doesn't think I'm any good, he said, okay, I'm being challenged to be a better player. I'm going to work on this, get fitter so that I can give more defensively and then improve from it. So hopefully we're going to see that now with Donny van de Beek. So we've got the most improved out of the way, we've got the MVP out of the way. It's time for the Cantona callers. Let's start at the back. Between David De Gea and Dean Henderson, who's getting that Cantona caller this season? So don't forget Tom Heaton as well, but um, my pick is right, Dean Henderson. Right. Dean Henderson is going to be my pick. Hopefully, I know for people who haven't heard, he he contracted COVID about three weeks ago. And he's still dealing with the symptoms. Apparently, he hasn't been able to overcome it from a fitness standpoint. So that's one of the reasons why you're probably not seeing him in the net. It's because he's still recovering. He's still get, trying to get his match fitness going. And hopefully, that happens pretty soon because the season's about to start. But I'm going to go with Dean Henderson. I just believe that being a sweeper keeper is, is going to be the difference between David De Gea and himself. And I think with the way we want to play, where I'm going to make the assumption that we're going to play a much higher line, you need our keeper to stay out in goal. And Dean Henderson is a lot more comfortable doing that compared to David De Gea. So that's my pick. What about you, V? I'm with you, Carl. As, as much as I want to see David De Gea you know, take back his role and establish himself as the goalkeeper that we've known him to be for so many years, I think the reality is there is a changing of the guard. I think Dean Henderson, his style of play, his communication suits this Manchester United team better. And so 
over the course of the season, I think he will emerge as the better keeper. Okay. So moving on to the next one, Cantona Kala for best defender. So that includes anybody, center back, left back, right back. Who's your pick? Well, now I'm going to say the name that uh, you said earlier, Harry Maguire. I think he's the one where maybe there are some people who haven't appreciated him fully in the past because I think the stuff that he makes looks so easy gets taken for granted. His aerial presence, his physicality, all of that is easy to ignore because, hey, he just gets himself in position, gets the ball out, and everyone's just saying, okay, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. But there's not a lot of defenders that can impose that level of physical presence and just command their area. So I think Maguire is absolutely going to be at his peak with uh, Varane in the mix. Yeah, he gets my future Cantona caller for this season. What about you? Yeah, Vivek, same Harry Maguire. I can't pick him as the MVP and not pick him as the best defender. So <laughs> pretty straightforward one for myself. So who, who do you have uh, looking at the defensive midfield? So I got our potential future captain, Scott McTominay, as the defensive midfielder of the year. I, I think he's another guy who's probably going to take his game to another level. He's going to get more of a license to move a little more forward, uh, considering that Varane is now at the back. And I could see him chipping in with a few more goals than he did last season. So I'm going to go with him scoring a target of seven goals this season. Okay, okay. I'm going to go with Fred. Okay. I think he is a bit similar to Pogba in personality in in terms of wanting to be loved and being shown trust. And I think last season, constantly being in the lineup will do wonders for him. Being a part of that Brazil squad for the Copa America uh, will work wonders for him. And I think he is someone too that will benefit from having Varane behind him. And you talk about someone who wants to take a chance with those interceptions and be up. He is going to know that he has the liberty to really go after that ball. And I, and I think that will benefit him. And from a creative standpoint, if you, if you just have the one CDM uh, and everyone else is allowed to be creative, that takes that pressure off him to provide that role as well. You know what, Vivek, I, I cannot deny you that one. Just watching him a little bit in the Copa, I was very impressed with what he was able to do when he had certain attacking players on the right-hand side. Now, just getting a little technical, when you're a left-footed player and you're playing in the center of the pitch, when you're looking to pass quickly and maybe long distance, for a left-sided player, it's much easier to pass towards the right than it is towards the left. Because the inside of your foot is easier to pass with than the outside. So now that you have a Sancho on the right-hand side, I could see Fred playing a lot more balls that way. Because mm-hmm. with, with the player on the left, he always had to reposition his body, and that takes time. And that's what would slow up the game down potentially. So I like that pick, Vivek. Attacking midfield, who you got, Carl? Well, this is where I'm going to pick your MVP, Paul Pogba. That's who I had lined up. Um, <laughs> I do believe that in a contract year, he's going to do wonders. I did have the name Bruno Fernandez, and I scratched it out for Paul Pogba purely because of the contract year. Well, following the same logic that you did, I can't pick him as the MVP and then not give him the Canton caller. So <laughs> Paul Pogba is my pick. You know, Aside from that, we're obviously very excited to see what Jadon Sancho can bring to the table. Going into 
that attacking mix and picking the Cantona caller there, while he will bring so much to that right side, I think the biggest benefactor is going to be Edinson Cavani. Mm-hmm. I know he's 34, but watching him last season, he is still extremely capable of producing world-class moment after world-class moment. And his movement, I fully expect that to just continue and continue. And that's the thing. As a striker, when you know there's more players on the pitch now that are looking up, looking for you, it's going to just have you running all over the place. So I'm expecting a big season out of him. So he is my Cantona caller for 2021-22. For the striker. Correct. So and and to be clear, we're putting all the attacking players in this mix, right? So it's Cavani, Marshall, Rashford, Sancho, Greenwood. Okay, okay. So you've lined it out, Vivek. So my strikers, Cantona caller. I had a couple of names that I had to scratch out. One of them was Cavani. Since I bigged him up so so much during the beginning of this this episode, I'm actually going to go with Mason Greenwood as our. Mm strikers can't in that caller eyes there's something about him where you know what him and phil foden had their episode at the beginning of last season where they were you know punished for it and it almost looked like at least that's how i felt from the outset it almost looked like phil foden seemed to get a free pass and then mason greenwood was the one that kind of took the brunt of it and it had something to do with their form at that time i think mason greenwood's going to show everybody who they should have put their money on. And I, I wonder why one of them got severely criticized and the other didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Vivek, I completely agree with you. I like that shout, Carl. I mean, I, w- I would love to see Mason Greenwood take it to another level. It really seemed like Cavani took Greenwood under his wing and Greenwood loved the opportunity to learn from him. So if we see more of those lessons that he's learned play out on the pitch... He could absolutely have a big season. We know what a threat he is, left foot, right foot. The only question would be how much of a role he gets to play when the team is fully healthy. When you have Rashford and Cavani and Sancho, we have to see what level Martial performs at. How much he factors in, I think, would be the biggest question. Mm -hmm. Well, Marcus has given him a bit of a head start. We'll see if he makes use of that opportunity. That's for sure. All right, so that takes care of the awards portion. What is your ideal starting 11? So again, you were picking your starting 11, not Ole's starting 11. Keeping in mind that is this is the ideal one. So if we had all players fit, good to go, sign their contracts, everything's done. At the back, I would have Henderson. In defense, I would have Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Rafael Varane, Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw, in de- the two defensive mids, because I am playing a 4-2-3-1. I thought about other formations, but this one just works best with the personnel we have. So in the two, I have Scott and Pogba playing those positions where Pogba has a license to go up a little bit more, considering that Varane can take care of stuff at the back. And then up front, I've got Sancho on the right, I've got Cavani as a striker, and then I've got Marcus Rashford coming in from the left. So that's my ideal starting lineup. What about you, Vivek? Very, very similar. No question. For for me, Henderson in the back. The four defenders that you mentioned I've got as well. I've gone with the 4-2-3-1 where Pogba essentially has a free roll. 
and Scott's covering. Sancho, Bruno, Rashford, Cavani up top. So yeah, I think I think I missed Bruno in my my team. So that was the other guy I had uh, right in front of Cavani. So yes, <laughs> all right, I totally missed that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're a team, Carl. <laughs> uh, on that note, who do you think Ole is actually going to start uh, for the for the game against Leeds? In terms of the team that actually starts, Henderson, I, I don't think his fitness levels will be ready yet. So David De Gea in net, Aaron Wan-Bissaka right back. I think Victor Lindelof will be in. Uh, I don't think Varane will be ready. Uh, so it'll be Lindelof and Maguire. Luke Shaw at left back. And then this is where it starts to get interesting now because of the Rashford absence. So I would say Scott and Fred... I would say Greenwood on the right, Bruno in the middle, Pogba on the left, and then Cavani up top. Wow, I've got I've got a completely different team. Apart from the back four, five that you mentioned, I have the exact same back five. But then the two defensive mids, I've got Matic and Van de Beek. I saw Matic play quite a bit, and I think he will start. And then I've got Greenwood on the right. I've got Daniel James on the left. I've got Bruno. And then up top, I've got Martial. And the whole reason I've picked this team is purely based on on match fitness of who's up to speed and who's not. I thought about Scott at the in the defensive mids, but I don't think he has the engine to go uh, just yet. So let's see what happens. Yeah, that's fair enough. You know, Pogba would be a question mark as well. So if he doesn't figure in, I wouldn't be surprised if Martial got the look in mm-hmm. on that left side. So, yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. I I think part of what's factoring in here is thinking back to that 6-2 win and having Scott and Fred. I know people are thinking, oh, why why the two CDMs? But I think this is where you'd play Scott and Fred, but Scott would have that free role and join the attack uh, quite often. So that was my thinking there. We'll see uh, how Ole sees it. Hopefully, you know, the season starts off with a win. I think that pretty much brings us to the end of our discussion topics. And we've got some news for our listeners. So we should probably get to that now with my commitments uh, that are coming up, covering the Raptors, doing work for CBC. It's going to be very difficult to keep up the level of commitment that we would both want for this podcast. And Carl, you've got some very exciting news as well. Absolutely, Vivek. So yeah, you know, you talked about your professional commitments for me on on the personal side. Uh, The family is going to grow by one more. And so with that comes a lot of added responsibility and lack of sleep and lack of time, I guess. And so for, for those reasons, I think both Vivek and uh, myself have decided we just need to take a little bit of a break to to figure out how we're going to move forward in the future, if that's the case. And so for, for those reasons, I think we want to take a break for the start of this season and see how those commitments play out. Yeah, to, to be clear, obviously my commitments will begin in full force in October, late September. Carl... And his wife, Naima, are expecting their baby in January. Yep. And it's just going to be very difficult uh, to manage all of that. So we are likely looking at taking this season off and then regrouping from there. 
we want to thank all of you who have been listening in. Uh, that's been the motivation this whole time. The, the fact that people actually want to hear what Carl and I have to say about Manchester United uh, is really cool. And we really appreciate the support. Uh, we're sorry if this is a bit of a letdown. But again, Carl and I were sticklers for having a certain level of commitment to do it as well as we can possibly do that. And we just know that's not going to be the case. Definitely, Vivek. If we, if we want to do it, we want to do it the right way. Uh, that's the least that listeners deserve. And, and if you feel differently, you know, feel free to tweet us in and tell us, hey, why we're making a bad decision. We would love to hear that as well. <laughs> but yeah, that actually wraps it up for, I would say, you know, uh, season one of uh, Red Couch Manx. We hope to have a season two at some point. Uh, but if not, again, thank you for listening in. Uh, we appreciate the support. We wish all the United fans the best as we cheer this team forward. Looking forward to bringing a trophy home this year. Glory, glory. <laughs>